0: I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but you sanctify them by the means of truth. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we have these young people here with us. They sing so beautifully and they've come to help us with our fall cleanup and get ready for winter, and they've done a hero's job. I notice that they enjoy each other's company, and they sing beautifully. So I thank them for their gift of labor and of song. It's wonderful. Today, we are talking about this Sunday uh, what we have received, the tradition. And in the writing of St. Paul, when he got up to preach, he said this. He says, I am preaching to you what I have received. Another, he didn't say that he dreamt this up. He didn't say that the Holy Spirit inspired him. He says, I'm giving to you what I have received. And what he was preaching was Jesus Christ, the gospel. Not on his own authority, not on the fact he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, which he was, but on the fact he was being faithful to the what was handed down, the tradition. Now, one of the problems that we have to deal with is that uh, in our contemporary life is in many sort of situations, suggestions are given to us to depart our traditions. Uh, you know, it's a modern world. It's actually a postmodern world. The modern world has ended in the contemporary world, we don't know what it's going to be. Seems like it's upside down, really. So, I talked yesterday to the uh, Oleg, the iconographer for our murals, and the angels are going to be ready, and we're going to have them up on the ceiling probably um, at the end of October or so, maybe November. And I did not prompt him, and he said, You know, Father, he said, the world is upside down. Who's the clown that's turning the world upside down? Who's the one that you listen to? It's the evil one. And he has many people on his side. And the greatest lie they tell Is that the world is getting to be a better and better place when actually it's deteriorating? Oh, in many ways, we've made tremendous strides in technology and in medication, we live longer, and hopefully in nutrition. But I see now even the nutrition is sort of degenerating. Food in the store is not always healthy. And in the fields, it's not always healthy. So I met a gentleman at the, I at the eye doctor. I told my, uh, my, my constituency about it. And he was there with his wife, and she was getting glasses. And
1: he was a farmer,
0: so I like to talk to the farmers. I like to see what they're planting. And uh, he says, well, he says, I'm planting 400 acres of wheat. Now, that's not much around here. We have farms of four or 5,000 acres, you know. It's a big place. The fields start below us and go all the way up to Canada. It's a great uh, center of grain. So anyway, he says, but you know, Father, I would not eat that wheat. I said, well, it must be, uh, you won't eat your own wheat? He says, yeah, he says, you know, we put so much chemicals on it. We've got triple the, my, or more the uh, gross we get in an acre. But he says we're using chemicals. And I'm not too sure that's healthy. So I think about that. How many of our young people and even older people older people had a, diet, had a better diet than you youngsters do. And you go to the store and you, you Buy the stuff, and it may be grown artificially. It may look beautiful. Maybe an ugly apple is better than a beautiful apple. So that's a problem. Food's a problem. But the other thing's a problem is the New World Order. New World Order is trying to eliminate Christianity. I was naive to think, when I was younger, that we lived in a Christian country. But it is not a Christian country. And our legislative bodies are not Christian. In fact, the United States Congress, two houses approved, you know, the people can get abortion by just asking for them. That's murder. They do not appreciate our Catholic teaching. And in in the newspaper in Seattle when I was there, they put up a notice, an article about us, Catholics, and they said, well, we don't mind they're running all these hospitals and taking care of people, but we don't need their ethics. How can you have a hospital without ethics? And so we have to insist upon them. And that makes you unpopular. Now, why I'm telling you this is that we have many traditions, beautiful. This temple is a traditional Byzantine Catholic temple, completely, domes and everything. It was a dream to build this when I retired. And it's gorgeous. Because the first thing we have to to hand down our tradition, we have to teach people is beauty is our tradition. The gospel is beautiful. The church is beautiful. The people who worship in our churches are beautiful or when they fall into sin, or they're driven away by desire for money or success or whatever, they become ugly. Who can see that? The mystics among us can see that. You can't fool them. Now, the temple is beautiful, gorgeous, canonical, But there's something more treasure to you. This is our treasure at the monastery. But your heart is your treasure. That's John's gospel. Where your treasure is, there is your heart. You rest destroying yourselves when you destroy your heart by living an improper life do improper teachings, go to the wrong schools. Put your soul at risk by the wrong environment or the wrong people. I like these young people that have been here this week helping us. We appreciate that very much because we have more here than we can do. We need more monks. But the monks, people come to be monks, but Satan knows that. And he tries to drive them away because of passion or something that bothers them. You can defeat all that. Don't run your lives on your passions. But in the New Testament, Jesus taught us asceticism, prayer and fasting, fasting. It's sort of in a minor key in the church. But without prayer and fasting, you will not get to heaven. That means you're under control and God can give you his divine energies. So your heart has to be the temple through purity and prayer and there God will dwell then when you open your scripture, it will come to you. The Spirit will come and teach you. doesn't matter what the scholars say. If they're not listening to the Holy Spirit in their heart, their words are empty. No matter how many languages they know, no matter how codexes they know, that does not do it. The Word of God comes to you in word and sacrament. It calls for purity. Another point. Don't ever lead another person into sin. It's a grave, disease-filled trick of the devil. Don't feel sorry for yourself. You have the true Catholic faith. The Catholic faith, Catholic means universal. The Catholic faith comes down from the apostolic church. That's what we're celebrating today. Who were the, where is the documents of the apostolic church? The New Testament primarily. Second, the teaching of the fathers. Basil the Great, great theologian, John the Chrysostom, etc. The age of the fathers ended with the 8th century, 700s. That is what we treasure in the Eastern Catholic Church. We don't need Western theories of theology. We need to listen to the fathers and what we have received. As Paul tells us in the epistle, I give to you what I have received. His challenge is you protect it and hand it down to the next generation. And by doing that, you ensure that this world belongs to Christ. This is a Christified world. So for you who uh, are familiar with mystical theology, and so you may be reading it, The point of mystical theology is that the life of Christ dwells in you and you're conscious of it in many ways. Peace, inspiration in prayer, a quiet life, a sanctified life, a life which you can see the reality that is as it is and not be entrained with it. This is a sanctified life. So you would say with Paul, I now live, I know Christ lives in me. So you are Christified. You've all been started on the road to the baptismal water and chrismation. Chrismation is anointing, a priestly anointing. Once you're baptized, the Holy Spirit's in you, you get the chrismation, you're ready to worship in God in the temple. Then you receive communion. People come and they look sometimes. There's a company here in town. They bring out tourists to see our church. It's a pretty famous church. He called this, or can he come? But they're just tourists. And oh, they love the art. It's beautiful. But they don't understand it's the art is the gospel unfolded. On the back wall the heroes of the Ruthenian Byzantine Catholic Church, Karpathorussians. It would be a lifetime job just to learn who they are. And we had the older ones and the younger ones and Cyril Methodius on the top between them all who came in Thessalonica and brought us the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must hold on to our tradition. We must hold to the gospel and the sacraments as the apostles taught us and not wander off into God knows what. In this count, on this mountain, we got all sorts of heresies. So when I first came here, I put the little chapel up and I put the dome on it. So our neighbor came. He said, what's, what's that dome doing up there? I said, that's the enthronement of Christ of God on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The throne it stands for, excuse me, the dome stands for the fire across the earth, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's why we put the domes up. The fire of Christ enslave in everybody, and fill their hearts with love, self-sacrifice, and purity. Fire purifies. Fire teaches the gospel. The whole gospel is on fire with the Holy Spirit. You young people who've been here working in the monastery, I thank you. You're the apostles for this generation. Not everybody's going to find a person like me to talk to. We'll have to multiply ourselves if we're going to cure the world of the disease. The disease is the reign of the evil one. We have to purify our hearts. And we have to have the feet of apostles, it says in Scripture, they walk upon the mountains... They preach the word of God. Blessed are those feet. Blessed are those hands that hold in their hand the priest that holds the Eucharist. This is a beautiful temple. And when the bishops came, there were three prelates: myself and the two bishops. I'm a martyred archpriest and archimandrite. Very few in this country. And we Dressed, we had the altars but We made the altars ourselves here. We didn't buy them. We made the Peter over there, Brother Peter and I, and he designed the furniture. It's simple. It's a beautiful church, but it's basically very simple. The cloth around the church is the Eucharistic cloth telling us that we're united in the Eucharist. In the Holy Temple, the first thing I did, we took the top off. We put relics of the saints down in there in a little brass box. Then the bishops sealed the top with wax and anointed with chrism the altar because the altar is like Christ amongst us. We built the whole church for the altar. Who comes on the altar? God. the, the The priesthood of Christ consecrates. He says the Eucharistic prayer. The Holy Spirit comes and hovers, and the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ. God comes into the temple, just like in the Old Testament, in the fire, in a cloud in the showbread, in the priesthood, in the altar. Our church is a model of the temple of old. But the first temple was the garden. And that's why Adam and Eve had to leave. Lest they eat of the bread of life, the second tree, the tree of life, and live. So we receive the Eucharist that we may live And be holy. And there's no life in us unless it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you must feel them. Spirituality is not the books you read, though they feed you, if they're good, but it's your breath of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And you can pray daily with your rule of prayer and you can experience that. It's a gift of sanctity. It comes to the holy table, and we receive the gift, and we become the church, the body of Christ. Like Paul, you say, I live now, but I... But Christ lives in me, and for me is Christ. It's not fault. It's not anything else. And I walk with feet that belong to Christ. I have hands to work for Christ, and I have a heart to love for Christ. And I know the Holy Trinity, who is not a mystery, is an unfolding revelation through the words of Christ, to make me part of its life. That is my destiny. Be brave. Live your destiny. And for all of us, aspire to sanctity, which means make more room for the Holy Spirit. Name the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.